Good morning. Good to see you. Enjoy doing your little Christmassy craft this morning. Just a little different, just to get us thinking. I think it was really good. Thank you, Anna, for leading us through that so well. And uh, you know what you did for a moment. I know that you probably knew this, but as you walked from your chair to the table with your light, you were a light carrier. And that's the point of Chris Dingle, isn't it? That's part of the, the heart of this, is that not just that we pray for people across the world and children especially that are not going to necessarily experience or understand the fullness of Christmas this year or are going through difficult times. The, the point is also that you see, we see, we're the carriers of the light. Are we? Okay, I need to wake you up this morning. Are we carriers of the light? Yes, we are. And that's as you carried that light to the front. You were a light bearer this morning, a light carrier. I, I need to talk to you about the light this morning. And um, a, a few years ago, actually quite a lot of years ago now, I was 17. So it was quite a few years ago. Uh, and uh, I, I'd been out for the night with some friends in Swindon. And uh, I had a car. It was a, a, a Y-Reg Astra Mark I red with a big dent in the front because I crashed it a few days before my... Uh, my test. That will not surprise many of you. And uh, I did. Uh, and, and, and what I did is, because there was a big dent in the front, I'd used some white paint and I'd written ouch on the front of the car. I thought it was funny at the time. It was very sad. Anyway, so I, I had this car with ouch written across the front, a big dent in the front. And I'm driving on the M4 back from Swindon, but it is four o'clock in the morning. And I've had a really long day. I've been out for the night with some friends. I am tired. My eyes are bleary. I'm trying to stay awake. You know the feeling? No? Okay. I was, trying, I was kind of driving like that. And I'm, I'm heading back towards Bristol. And it is pitch black. The dawn has not yet arrived. Um, but to my absolute shock, surprise, and bemusement, I, to this day, I promise you, I saw fire in the sky. That's right. Just, uh, it just went like this, like a flicker, and then it was gone. And I rubbed my eyes, and I thought, oh, it's just, you know, what was that? I carried on driving, I, I was a bit tired, I just put it down to tiredness, and then another one happened, over there, a flame of fire in the sky. Oh, it's just like, this is weirding me out. I, I, I felt like, oh, something going wrong, am I crazy, are there aliens? I, I really was in that sort of like, you know, four o'clock in the morning, slight delusional state, uh, as we all would be. Uh, and then another one happened, and then another one. And, and I really was bemused. I was actually like, oh my gosh, what is happening? There is fire in the sky. And it would just, a, it would just you just see a flame, and then it would disappear again in the dark. Do you know what it was? I got a little closer to Bristol, and I began to see a shape around the flame. Hot air balloons had gone up. To watch the dawn, the sunrise. But all I could see at a distance was the flame. It freaked me out. 
when I saw it was an actual hot air balloon, when I, I was like, oh my goodness, thank goodness for that. I thought there was something wrong with me. I thought there was aliens. I thought there was something going on in the sky. I really was freaked out. But you would be too. I'm sure you would be. And I think part of it was down to the fact that I was so tired. Uh, but there it was, flame, a flame in the dark. Some of you may have been lying in your bedrooms, particularly if you live local to this area, if you live in Oldland or Cabri Heath or you live in Warmley or Bars Court or Longwell Green, you may have been lying in your bed on a Friday night and you may have thought that you heard screams. You may have done. You may have been lying in bed and think, where's that screaming coming from? I can tell you today, the screams come from this, this place on a Friday night. Uh, and here's what we're doing. We, this is one of the, our kids and youth, kids and youth, this is their favorite game, okay? It's called the dark game. And what we do in this room is we pull all the blinds down, we black the room out, we cover the doors, we get rid of every scrap of light that could possibly shine into this room. It is so dark in here, you could not see your hand in front of your face. And then we fill the room with obstacles. And then we let our kids in, not your kids, obviously. Uh, we, we, we let, we let the, the youth in, and they come in two at a time through this door on their hands and knees, and their goal is to get to the light switch. You see behind you, by the, by the uh, desk in that corner, there's two light switches, they'll switch the lights on. Their goal is to get from there to the light switches through the obstacle course first. It's a race. So on their hands and knees, they've kind of got their hand out in front of them, and they're trying to go through the pitch black, through like, you know, ladders and chairs and baked beans, and it's like a bush tucker trial. I'm exaggerating. There have been, by the way, no injuries um, that I'm aware of in this game. Yeah. Um, and, and they've got to make their way to there. Occasionally, what we'll do is we'll plant a leader in the room. And their job is just to frighten the living daylights out of the youth. <laughs> they love it. I've got to tell you, they absolutely love it. And so what they'll do is they'll be hiding behind some obstacle and go, oh, like that, you know, go. And that's the scream you hear when you're lying in your bed on a Friday night in Oldland Common. And you think, where's that screaming coming from? It came from this room. You probably heard it, the dark game. That's hands down their favorite game. When they're in the middle of this room in the dark trying to find the light switch. And when the light switches come on, they're like, Aah! and then they want to go back and do it all over again. It literally is a, a great game. Does anybody actually want to play that game now? Does one or two people want to do that game now? Catherine's shaking her health and safety head at me. <laughs> It's the health and safety head. It's <laughs> years and years ago, this was worse. Years ago, I'm talking like 10, 15 years ago when we did this game, we had a strobe light on the ceiling that Ben Suffolk had bought. Now, Ben Suffolk, when he buys lights, goes to town, as you know. And he bought this humongous strobe light. And it, if Ben Suffolk buys a strobe light, you've got to use it, right? And so he put it in the middle of the room, and they were, they were going through the dark, through the obstacle course, and then occasionally he hit the button, and boom, there'd be a flash, like that. And, 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 and that was probably dangerous. So we, we did stop doing that. Um, didn't want to cause, like, an epileptic fit or something in the room. But it was, it, honestly, hands down, the greatest game that we... Right, it continues to work to this day. Um, such that at one tots, we've decided we're going to now introduce that, <laughs> that game with our twos, two-year-old. I think Jackson would be, oh, I tell you what, he wouldn't even be on his hands and knees. He'd just go running. <laughs> the dark. The Bible describes the world as being a bit like that. 
You see, the Bible describes the world as being a dark place. Now, I'm going to read that to you. And uh, it's in the book of John in chapter 1. If you've got a Bible with you or if you've got a phone with you where you've got a Bible app, you can follow this with me. We're just going straight to John and chapter 1. And we're going to read the first few verses of this passage together. It says, in the beginning, the word already existed. Let's pause there for a moment. If you've read the book of Matthew, or if you've been in our last couple of services, you'll know John Jarvis spoke about the book of Matthew, didn't he? And he talked about how Matthew went back to like Abraham, didn't he? And he went back to the genealogy, and he tried to show that Jesus was part of this incredible line of ancestors. John doesn't do what Matthew did. John goes even further. You see, the beginning in this passage doesn't mean Christmas Day when Jesus was born. In the beginning means in the beginning before everything existed, before earth, before you and I, before creation, in that beginning. So, so John's not just going back to the beginning of Jesus in his birth at Christmas. John is going back before that and he's saying, hey, in the beginning, the word already existed. Now, the word is really interesting in this passage. That word in Greek is logos, L-O-G-O-S, logos. Do you know that word? And, and logos, one of, it, has, it can have a number of meanings, okay, this word logos. It can carry a number of meanings. But, but perhaps one of the most poignant meanings of the word logos is the meaning or reason. Isn't that interesting? Here's what John is saying. In the beginning, the reason already existed. Wow. Isn't that cool? The, the reason, you can, you can open your mouths and go, wow, if you want, okay? The reason, the meaning, the, the life, the reason for all life already existed, and he was some kind of word. That's cool. If you go back to creation story in the book of Genesis, it tells us this, that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Doesn't it? It tells us that story. And, and it talks about God the Father. It talks about the Spirit hovering over the waters of the earth. And then it says God spoke. There was a word. The Trinity, right there in the first few verses of the Bible. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Father, Word, Spirit. There. And this word is Jesus, this word existed from the very beginning. What you have to understand about Christmas is this is not the beginning of Jesus. This is Jesus stepping into the world he was a part of creating. That's what's meant by the incarnation. It's, it's not the beginning of his existence. It's him becoming human, becoming part of the very thing he created in the beginning. So John is starting there. He's going way back to when the universe was a dark place. And just at the word, the place lit up. Creation happened. In the beginning, the word, Jesus, already existed. He is the reason. The word was with God, and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light, say light, light. to everyone. The light 
shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that incredible? The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn not with a physical birth, resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. And so the word became human, and he made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son. Wow. So here's this passage. is telling us this, that the light came in to the darkness. And now let's just pause on that thought for a moment. Because the Bible's describing the world as, as a dark place. By saying that the light came in, then the world's a dark place, right? But is that true? Is our experience true? Is that true that the world's a dark place? Because often in Western society and in our comfortable, some would say abundant or lavish homes where we have central heating and electric, where we have food at our table and clothes on our back, where we experience probably quite long seasons of pleasure and joy and comfort, it would be perhaps hard for us always to think, is the world really that bad? Like, is the world really dark? Like, there's loads of good stuff that happens. I, I don't know. If you, there's, there's lots of good things that happen all around us all the time. Is the world really that dark? Do we really need a light to come into the darkness? I mean, isn't, aren't we dealing with stuff ourselves? Aren't we able to deal with stuff ourselves and do good things? Is the world really that dark? And I want to pause on that and think about that for a moment. Because I think if we were really to really think about this, we'd probably agree, I think the world is more a dark place than we realize. Like if you work frontline today, if any of you work frontline in a hospital and you're a nurse or you're a doctor, you'll know this from your experience that the world is a dark place because you'll sit there with families, families and people in, in the oncology department or maybe it's just in the emergency department or in some department and you'll know what those families are experiencing and going through is dark times. You'll know every time somebody passes away on the operating table, or you'll know every time you watch a family leave carrying great grief, you'll know because you see it day in, day out, day in, day out, that that is a dark, dark thing. If you've ever experienced this, you perhaps you work in the police or, or you work on one of our frontline services out there dealing with some of the bad stuff that happens across at just even this community. And, and you're in, in, in homes of people where there are domestic disturbances, where there are, there's home violence or where you're rescuing children from abusive situations and difficult, difficult, difficult things. You'll know actually there's darkness in this world. Like, if you're working on the front line, you see it daily. Most of us don't see it that graphically. We, we may come into contact with it every now and then. If we're lucky in life, only a handful of times, we'll really come into contact with this idea of darkness. 
But many among us live in it. Even in our society, people are living in it. We, we will often think, and we've done it rightly today, is we've, we've lit these candles and we've thought about children across the world today that are living in darkness, that are living in difficulty, in famine or in pain. And we've prayed for them rightly. But those children in this country too, in this estate too, where their experience of life is not a good one. Like if we're really honest, if we look at ourselves, we're not all that good. <laughs> like I have to look at me. I have to look in the mirror. Like you, most of us would not want our life on display. Not, like not our whole life. We, we bring a certain us into church and we bring a certain us into the workplace, don't we? We bring a, a certain us around with us that we'd like people to see. It's the, it's the highlight package of our lives. But if we had like a CCTV that recorded us all day long, and then that was on play behind me, Sue Cottrell, your CCTV today, and we watched your week, you'd probably want to hide and shoot out that door and say, oh, I'm not actually sure I want people to see that uh, everything. Now, 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 that's just our kind of outward behavior, but imagine for a moment there was a recording going on of like what's going on in us, maybe in our thoughts and in our mind or, or in our hearts, uh, and that was recorded, and we were able to play that on the screen. I think most of us would be going, ah, Right? Because we're all aware, we all understand there's something within us and there's something in this world that is profoundly dark and needs fixing, needs help. L like that dark game idea, it's, it's a lot of fun. You just have to have the smallest light. And I, I, I've seen the kids try it. Like they have the watches, like just using their watches just to light up a little bit in front of them, right? It doesn't take a lot of light to dispel darkness. Just a flame. Just a small light dispels great darkness. And in this passage, John is trying to explain to us, the readers, he's trying to explain to the world that reads this letter. He's trying to tell us, look, look whether, we, whether we want to admit it or not, the world's a dark place full of dark things there's darkness that touches all of us and we need a light to dispel that darkness to come into our world and bring light where there's darkness to come into our own lives and our own hearts and bring light that dispels our own darkness and the great message that John's bringing is, is his light can reach you. His light can reach you. His light can reach every corner of this planet. The darkest corners, the light can reach it. The light can reach even, even there. Even there. How beautiful is that? Of course, there is good in the world as well. Of course, you're right. Yes, there's good. People are doing good things all the time. Just recently, you could watch uh, Children in Need and see that there is great capacity for good in our nation, isn't there? Of course there is. There, people are doing good deeds at Christmas all the time. People do good deeds throughout the year. People are helping. People are fostering children. People are adopting children. People are helping those in need. And people are volunteering at all sorts of organizations and charities to help all over the world. At this season, there's great capacity for good in the world. What, what explains this? Why, why is there both good and great capacity for good, but also why is there 
evil and why is there darkness? The Bible describes this in the book of Genesis again when it tells the story of Adam and Eve. And it tells how there was a tree in the garden that they were not to eat of. You remember? And they ate the fruit of that tree. And the tree was called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The knowledge of good and evil. At the point that they ate that fruit, literally what was happening was this. They now had the capacity to understand both good and evil. They now had the capacity to experience great good and great evil. You see, up until that point, all that was there was good. There wasn't any evil. There wasn't any darkness. But in that moment, they experienced good and evil. And into the human race and into God's creation, a seed was sown. A weed grew. And it grew. And it grew. And it grew. And it branched out. And it branched out. And it branched out. And what we experience today, in both the capacity for good and also for darkness, is rooted in that rebellion at that point where we said to God, we prefer not to listen to you. We're going to eat that fruit because we want that knowledge. And now we regret that knowledge. In fact, what human beings do, here's what we do is we say, God, it's your fault. Why is there so much suffering, God? Why is there so much darkness? Why is there so many difficulties in the world? It must be God. But actually, the truth of the matter is, God said, don't go there. You don't want to know what's in that. You don't want to eat that fruit. You don't want, to, you don't want those consequences. You don't want to live there. And we did it anyway. That's what we did. But God in his mercy and God in his grace sent Jesus Christ, the light, into the dark to light things up and show us the way back home. Show you the way back to the Father, back to the relationship with him, back to a right standing with him. Of course, there's something you're going to need to do, something we all need to do to get there. Like, we're going to need to come to face to face with our own rebellion at that point. Uh, there's going to be a point where we have to go, yeah, that, yeah, okay, that was me. And God, I don't want to be that rebel anymore. I don't want to be on the rebel side of this anymore. I want to step into a right relationship with you again. Isn't that the message that we carry as a church? Just imagine for a moment. So I don't know if this has happened on your street. It's happened on my street. About 11, 11.30, I think it is at night now in our area, all the streetlights go out. Have you had that? Like on the odd occasion now, it doesn't happen very often because I'm old and I have a child. But on the odd occasion that I come home later than 11 o'clock, it really is off-putting. Like you drive into my street and it is like pitch black. Like, just imagine for a moment we had a blackout and all the streetlights went off, how dark that would be. And then I want you to imagine this. If the church didn't exist, that's what would happen to the whole world. If we didn't exist, it would be taking the light out. Because God's light exists and continues to shine through you and I. We are the light now in the darkness. We are the light carriers, the light bearers. We're to go wherever there's darkness and light it up 
That's what we're to do. We light up the darkness with our kindness. We light up the darkness with truth. We light up the darkness with compassion and mercy and love and grace and a smile and a cheery welcome and generosity. We light up the darkness by going and helping people when they're struggling. We light up the darkness by being Christians that are full of the light of God, sharing it, not being ashamed of it, but letting it flow through us. And when we do that, the darkness is lit up. Now, but just please don't think, please don't think this. If the church didn't exist, it'd still be the same because it would not be the same. The whole place would be a lot darker. The world would be a lot darker if we didn't shine if we didn't play our part, if we didn't carry the light, if we didn't carry the fire and take it with us wherever we go. Wow. Here's what we've actually done. We've, we, we've, we've come to deal with the dark, but we've not actually solved it. So, so we invented electricity. We have lights. We invented candles. We have the ability to temper darkness. But as soon as all that stuff goes on, off, we haven't actually cured it, have we? It's still there, right? In the same way, we've tempered sickness. We've come up with some magnificent cures. We've got some great medication. But we've not cured it. In the same way, we've taught morals to our kids in schools across the nation and across the world and we've taught them about looking after each other and loving their neighbors i watched some of my kids programs on tv and they're all good morals all good morals but hatred still happens racism still happens pain still happens people still fall out families still break down listen we've tempered it but we've not cured it only the light of the gospel of jesus christ can actually heal the darkness and dispel it. And in that verse we read, the darkness will never extinguish his light. It will never win the day. The darkness, the suffering, the pain that we experience in life and in this world will not win the day. The light will overcome and there will come a day again as there was at the beginning where there is no darkness, only light. And that's the great hope of the Christian faith. Will you be a light carrier this week? Will you carry light wherever you go? Will you take this inspiration of this silly little craft <laughs> that points to a great truth? That you're not just to pray for the people out there, but to pick it up and walk with it. Light, take your light to the corners of the world. Lastly, book of Matthew 5 says this, chapter 14, chapter 5, verse 14 to 16. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds Shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your Heavenly Father. Who will they praise? The Heavenly Father. They'll see the source of the light in you is Him. Have you received the light of Jesus? 
Do you know the innocence of being completely forgiven? Have you experienced the love of Jesus? The hope of Jesus? The moment you do, his spirit will come alive in you and you'll become a light carrier too. Oh, come all ye faithful, bow before I say.